Today, I'm from A to Ziggy, Buddha of Suburbia. Welcome to From A to Ziggy, the podcast where we talk about every single David Bowie song in alphabetical order. My name is Travis. And I'm Thomas. And today we are going to talk about the Buddha of Suburbia. Um, that is a euphemism. That is a euphemism. <laughs> I remember For... being a teenager and trying to find the Buddha of Suburbia. Mm. Uh, from 1993? From 1990, November of 1993. This the is the, uh, the lead track from the eponymous album. And the theme song to the serial. Yes. The BBC series of the same name. Based on the book of the same name. Yeah. So this is uh, our second song off this That's right. We did do Bleed Like a Crazed Dad. Bleed Like a Crazed Dad. Um, Which is more representative of the music on this album. Yes. Coming Coming from incidental music for a TV show as it did. It's kind of ambient. It's... Not really. It doesn't really have a pop song structure. Yeah. Whereas the theme is a very. It is. If you close your eyes and you picture a soundtrack song, a middle of the road soundtrack song from that era, you can probably picture this song in your head. And then you can see the music video in your head pretty clearly too, because it's every music video for a song from a movie from that era. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's almost comforting. It's like, I've, I've seen this so many times before. It's the meat and potatoes of music videos. Yeah, which I guess is also uh, a nice way of saying it. it's not particularly inventive. Yeah. It just kind of is. But it's got Lenny Kravitz on it. Does the video have the Lenny Kravitz version? I, for, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't not that there's really any easy way to distinguish one version from the other. So no. there's. It's like with the last song we were talking about. John Frusciante, how it doesn't really sound like something you would have John Frusciante for. This doesn't really sound like something you'd have Lenny Kravitz for. He's not really contributing yeah. any kind of persona, anything unique to this song that couldn't yeah. have been someone else. Exactly. It could have been any kind of anonymous studio session guitarist. Like, I, I see that it's featuring Lenny Kravitz. I'm like, oh, I mean, I have mixed feelings about Lenny Kravitz, but when Lenny Kravitz is doing funky Lenny Kravitz, I can get down with Lenny Kravitz. So I was like thinking, oh, maybe it'll be kind of funky. Maybe it'll be kind of a throwback to like young Americans era Bowie. Hmm. But no, no, it's not. Well, it does bring, bring in some things from past Bowie, from it Bowie's does. past. I mean, he's always, he's very self-referential, yeah. David Bowie. In these ones... It's because so, he's a time traveler. It is because he's a freaky time traveler. He's, he's always going back and like talking to his past selves, yeah. crossing his own time timeline. And talking to, you know, the David Bowie of 1969 about space oddity. Yeah. Saying, oh, I remember that. So it almost feels like he's trying to get you to remember that. The way they like, so in a lot of other songs, it feels a little bit more organic when he does that. And kind of throws in a little reference from something in the past. Like, ah, David Bowie, you cheeky bastard. Right. This time around, it almost feels like when you're watching a reboot of a movie or like a, t- a movie based on a TV show and they throw in a little a couple lines in there for the fanboys to be like, ah, remember that thing you like that you're watching a remake of? Eh. But it also kind of reminds you that you're not watching the original that you love so much. Yeah. Or listening to the original that you love so exactly. much. Exactly. And you kind of wish they weren't doing that kind of fan service. Like that. Does it do more good or more harm yeah. to the current thing? I I have split feelings on this song. I feel like it's less, oddly enough, on Space Oddity. Like the guitar riff feels kind of like it belongs there. So there's 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 a part in the song where it does the uh, the break, like, the guitar break. Yeah. 
So that felt kind of organic. Yeah, it feels like it fits. But at the end, where he throws in the Zane, 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 Ouvre La Chaine from All the Mad Men, it feels very forced. Like he's just throwing it in there, which is a weird move because it's not, that's not that popular a Bowie song. If you're trying to get the people who stopped liking Bowie after pop star Bowie phase, like I figured that kind of pandering is, is the pandering you would do to the people who got into him around Let's Dance and got really into 80s pop Bowie. And then by the 90s, when you were kind of like, eh, I'm kind of over this. Like, that's the, that's the audience you would be trying to pander to, probably. Yeah. Yeah, do, like, Let's Dance Again. Yeah. But to throw in this, like, really weird, obscure line from a deep cut, but yeah. do it in such a way that's supposed to be like, hey, remember that metal song I did? Here it is in an easy listening tune. <laughs> so I actually like that Zane, Zane, Zane part. I liked it more before I watched the music video. After I watched the music video, it kind of made me not like it as much. I think I know what you mean. Yeah, I try to. I try not to think about the music video too much, but I did like it when I heard this song the first time because um, uh, it's it it sort of brings that it brings that back. It brings me back to an album that I like. It's in a very different context, like you said, diff- different setting, sort of an easy listening, ballady type setting, but. What I like about it is that, of course, All the Mad Men is a song about Terry Burns, his half-brother. And so it ties it into the autobiographical aspects of this song. So I feel like it fits. It does feel odd to bring something so obscure yeah. into this song, but I think it fits. But like, it, it, so the first, he does, does it twice in the song. First time in the video... He does it with this like look on his face. I think the I think the look he gives the first time is the one that makes me like, God damn it, David Bowie. Does he I know look at the doing. camera and wait? He like, looks at the camera and like does this like smiley thing, like, hey, Ooh. remember this song you liked a lot better than this one? Thumbs up, yeah. his, his teeth glisten. Yeah. But then the second time he sings it, he like rolls his eyes, like he's like like the record company is telling him, put in this reference to this song that people like, and he's singing and then just like halfway through the line like rolls his eyes a little bit. Well yeah, he's he's doing a kind of uh, self deprecating kind yeah. of Thing. But um, it's just that, that that first time he sings that he does the like, eh, eh. God, that, no. Yeah. No. But uh, the first time I listened to the song and I heard the line, I did do that. I totally fell into Did you the, roll your eyes? No, I fell into the pander. Oh, yeah. The first time around, I was like, oh my God, I love all the mad men. Yeah. But then I kind of came back to earth and I was like, oh, this song's actually kind of mediocre anyway. So the lyrics of the song are, like I said, kind of autobiographical, but they also sort of tie into the story of the of the movie, which I still haven't seen. Um, but so, but the movie is about a kid growing up in London. It's a kind of a coming coming of age tale of uh, this kid whose his dad is Indian, his mom is English, and um, he's sort of growing up and moving out of the suburbs and into South London. And this is this is also kind of what Bowie did. He grew up in Bromley and then Beckenham and then moved into London. So there's, there's kind of a kindred spirit between some of the aspects of the story and Bowie. Like uh, there's a character in the book, he's probably in the movie, who is this musician and he's got a band and he starts out as kind of a pop mod type guy and then he transitions very suddenly into punk rock because the styles change. That's just what he has to do to be successful. And he's in the book, he's explicitly sort of aping Bowie. And Bowie kind of has a, a presence throughout the whole story. Um, and then, so Bowie does the, the theme song to the show, and he throws in 
some autobiographical things. Even though they grew up at different times, the story is set in the 70s. Um, there's, there are things that are similar between this main character and Bowie. So, like, he references South London. I change all my clothes. It's kind of referencing uh, Bowie's penchant for reinventing himself. Like I said, the stepbrother character kind of changes his style into punk rock. There's a lot of uh, prejudice that the book deals with, with him being uh, half Indian in descent. There was a lot of racism and xenophobia in Britain at that time, which thank goodness uh, we've moved along. Yeah, it's a good thing they that. don't have that anymore. and They yeah. don't make hasty and terrible decisions based on it. Right. Whew. I mean, on the bright side, that'll literally never happen here. Yeah, I mean, this being February of, 20, <laughs> February of 2017, we're we're pretty safe in in our timeline. We have we know that we know that in the past in 2016 everything went great and Britain didn't decide to exit the EU. I mean, there's there's always a chance that when I go back in time, you know, and distribute these files that things will there's there's like the butterfly effect. If I step yeah. on a butterfly, Brexit will vote yes. But um, I think we're pretty safe. I think we're pretty safe from that. I don't know. I just keep hoping that one of these days I'm going to be walking down the street and someone's going to just like come running out from the alley and be like, oh, I'm here to stop Trump. I can't be here for the future. It's got to happen eventually, right? Like David if, Bowie. If, yeah, David Bowie. Just, that's all he did is he just he climbed into his time capsule and he's going to reappear. Yeah. Uh, there's So there's... There's the racism, the prejudice, the xenophobia, and also the homophobia. The um, the kid, the main character is also bisexual. He's, he's sort of experimenting with his sexuality. So there's the line, which Bowie also did when he was a youth. There's a line, sometimes I fear the, that the whole world is queer, which you can read two ways, you know? It's like you're you're a kid, everything seems strange to you, seems queer to you. But then also, like, the, there's the whole um, the homophobia thing. And then down on my knees in suburbia again, both both the main character and Bowie kind of exploring the sexual landscape is how I put it in my notes. So it's, there's, there's a sort of autobiographical thing, down on my knees. Um, and then the next thing he says is down on myself, which is revealing a uh, talent that none of us knew about, David <laughs> Bowie. Um, Interpreted that really literally, huh? I mean, that's uh, how else would you read it? So I... I, I... Another Other way you could take it is it's that you... The, the word of the law. It's, <laughs> it sounds more... To the letter. I mean, if you're interpreting it differently... What is a metaphor? It could be a... Yeah. What is this metaphor? Everything is just what it says it is. Um, he could theoretically be down on his knees in some sort of a prayer. Oh, yeah. And down on himself and that he is not feeling okay about himself. He's down on his knees in prayer because he feels terrible about something. Yeah, Because yeah. the story does deal with a lot of self-doubt and things like that. Yeah, or kind of like subjugating to the societal pressures. Yeah. yeah. Um, so again, sort of abstract, abstruse lyrics that can be, that are open to interp interpretation. I like your interpretation, but I stand by mine. <laughs> uh, so it's a very British, very, very London-centric song, which yeah. is appropriate because it's a London-centric story. Uh, there's allusions to William Blake, where he talks about climbing the hills. There's apparently a, a, an epic poem that you're supposed to read in high school called Jerusalem that I don't know anything about. But yeah, I didn't read that. I'm sort of parodying that. I do know that Charles Dickens wrote a, a book called Great Expectations that I didn't read. Oh, I read Great Expectations oh, yeah? in high school. Yeah. How was it? Did it meet your 
It, I mean, it, my expectations weren't all that high because other people had read it before and were like, eh, don't get excited. Yeah. Uh, but it was okay. Um, I've heard good things about it from English majors. It's not bad, but it's not something that you get really excited about as a 16-year-old, but there's parts of the story I enjoyed. I still make reference to it once in a while. Yeah, such as in the song, the words great expectations are there, which I guess is supposed to be. I mean, Charles Dickens, he grew up you know, outside of London. Yeah. 65 miles outside of London, but, you know, outside of London. Um, that's all I got. We talked about the alternate version, right? Where, uh, where Lenny Kravitz is in it. Yeah, uh, well, we touched on it a little bit. Um, just how it's not very, not very Lenny. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a guitar solo that they kind of plop onto the yeah. mix. Which, again, kind of feels like, hey, guys, like this song. Yeah, they, they look. We got Lenny Kravitz. He's popular right now. He puts a, we put a guitar solo over our song with Lenny Kravitz. Like this song. Yeah, the way they approached it on the album too is they just sort of plopped it at the end of the album. Like yeah. there's it. There's the opening theme that opens the album, and it kind of makes sense where it is, and it goes through the entire album, and then you just get this. It's it's basically like a bonus track without being labeled a bonus track. Yeah. It's the it's the remix. Aside from the solo not being very characteristic of Lenny Kravitz, not being unique, you know. It's a weird mix. It kind of like collapses everything into kind of the center of the stereo. It adds this weird snare throughout. It's just less interesting. You can't really hear the saxophone solo. I don't know. They, they must not have... My theory is they didn't really think... They didn't really have time to put together the mix. And then when the single came out later, I guess they, they cleaned it up because there's a single version that also has the guitar solo, but it's... It's got a cleaner mix. It just sounds better. And that's the version that you find on um, all the Bowie retrospective collections. Nothing has changed. I don't know if I don't know if it's on. It's probably not on the. It's vinyl not on the version. vinyl version. No. Yeah. But yeah, they just they stuck with the one with Lenny Kravitz because you know why wouldn't you? Why not? You, know, you get to promote that it's featuring Lenny Kravitz. So the video, like we said, it's not not all that interesting. Yeah, clips from the movie. David Bowie walking through suburbia. As as with Black Star, it is directed by the director who did the series, so that's a thing. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Single came out. It made it to number thirty-five on the UK charts. It didn't didn't really make much of a splash. Yeah, and the album just kind of disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Because again, like we said, it with uh, with the last song that we talked about, it was treated as a as a soundtrack by the record company yeah. it got deleted and, and not a lot of people were able to buy it. And people who are apparently super into it say it's his best late year's work, but... Yeah. I don't know. I've listened to it. I, I listened to a friend back and I wasn't really that into it. Like, it's okay, I guess, but yeah, it's not... There, there, there's, there's a couple songs that I really like, but again, I don't really favor them over other songs. Yeah. Uh, speaking of favoring. Speaking of favoring. That's a sort of a natural time to get into uh, numbers. Yeah, let's yeah. scores. Tax your value to this song. Yeah, this is kind of a just a middle of the road ballady pop song of yeah. its era. So I I'll give this song two and a half pandering callbacks. Originally two, but I gotta give it a half because I, I do at the end of the day really love all the Mad Men. It gets a boost from the song. That it does get it, but despite the fact that I complain about how it was done, it still gets the boost because I am everything I hate. That's a very deep insight. 
It's good that you've made it to this yeah. this level of self-awareness. I mean, we can might as well go to the Buddha's suburbia and reach this full self-consciousness. The jewel is in the lotus. I hate myself. <laughs> I I probably would have would have given it a one. Um, if I'm you've got a point there with the all the madmen reference. I do like the Zane Zane Zane. And I I kinda like I kinda like the sound of the song. It's it's kinda grown on me. But not that much, and I, I'm stuck at it too. I'm actually stuck below where, where you were. I just, as far as David Bowie songs go, and again, as we've said before, you know, the worst David Bowie song is clearly uh, better than most other songs by any other artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I go with a two as far as David Bowie songs go. So two and a half, two callbacks. Um, so let's get the hell out of suburbia. Yeah. And hopefully there's a bus that comes out to suburbia to get us back to our urban environment. Where's the nearest bus stop? Oh, man. I don't know. we got to Google where the new, nearest bus stop is. In a couple of days? In a couple of days. Hopefully, hopefully the big tin machine comes to pick us up. <laughs> From the bus stop? From the bus stop. All right. Well, uh, I'll meet you there, Travis. Right. And you too, listener. Until a couple of days from now, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, from A to Ziggy, from A to Ziggy.com is our website. Ratings and reviews at iTunes will really help us get noticed. Also, we don't ask for money, listener, but we do ask that if you're enjoying the show, tell a friend, tell somebody uh, that there's this, there's this thing that you're enjoying. Because we, we love you enough to share our David Bowie our knowledge and admiration help me out yes our our admiration for david bowie so tell someone you love yes bus stop by tin machine is uh is next until then i'm thomas i'm travis farewell suburbia Say it's true. They got a message for.